0: Max flows
1: 72. Uh, I am Mike. I have uh, Corey and Steven with me. Uh, guys, how are you? Oh, good. you know,
2: pretty good. You know, I'm just doing what I've always done. Surviving.
1: Surviving. <laughs> Listen, we it has been a while since you have heard our wonderful angelic voices um, and simply put the reason why uh, life. I mean, it's just we thought once we hit the end of season three, man, we're going to be on schedule now. And then it ended up being like vacation, work, vacation, work. Every mean, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. As you said, Corey, we're just surviving. And uh, so uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully we're going to get back on track to every couple of weeks. Now you're going to get a new episode. If not, bear with us. We are in season four. We have finally finished seasons one, two, and three. We finally got to the end of that long third season we took a look back and we are excited to dig into this season, but I must mention before we dig into this season, we are a part of the retro zap network. So go to Retrozap.com If you have any questions or are looking for another podcast to listen to. So with all that being said, Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about this episode called the beginning of the end?
2: Ah, uh, yes. The beginning of the end. Well, I just also want to say, you know, I'm, I'm not at my normal recording, you know, place today, so I got my. I'm using. I don't have my mic, so if I sound a little off, you know, I apologize for that. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you sounds just as good. <laughs> um, but yes, the beginning of the end. You know, it's such a um, you know dramatic, epic sounding title. There, one of my you know just a great episode. Love love this season as uh, as I'm going to talk about uh, endlessly for the next several episodes of this podcast. But uh, this specific episode is Season 4, Episode 1. It aired on January 31st, 2008. Wow. Could you hear that in the background? (laughs) That is awesome. That was my brother yelling, I'm one of the Oceanic Six. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) This is one of his favorite episodes, too. Yeah, he's here. Uh, (laughs) It was directed by Jack Bender and written by... Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Uh, The summary is as follows here. Charlie's dying message casts doubts on the intentions of the people that Jack believes to be their rescuers. A power struggle ensues between Jack, who wants to leave the island, and Locke, who thinks that they're supposed to stay. What a simple and concise uh, summary there. Yeah. It's uh we get to the beginning of Jack versus Locke again, so very fun stuff. That's true. Um you got any facts
0: uh for us, Steven? I sure do. All right, we got Christian Shepherd is seen in Jacob's cabin wearing wearing a single white tennis shoe. Um the other shoe was singing was seen hanging from a branch on the beach in uh the pilot part one. When Hurley crashes the Camaro. Uh, at the beginning of the episode His old boss at the chicken's shack Randy Nations Can be seen videotaping the whole thing um, The previous two season premieres Began in an unfamiliar location And were meant to mislead the viewer Into thinking that the scene did not take place On the island This episode's cold open has the same twist But in reverse The first shot appears to be of the island And the scene is then revealed to take place off island
1: can, can, can I just say, that was really cool when I first saw this episode, the way they did that. Like, it, it, it legit had me fooled. I thought they were on the island. So.
2: Yeah, me too. I mean, that's. that's I should have realized that's too many mangoes, you know.
1: That's, too many <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hurley was pretty good at ping pong. I'm just saying.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. All right, and one last little episode of fact: uh, Hurley's cannonball is reminiscent of a real jump into the ocean taken by Jorge Garcia.
1: Good old cannonballs,
2: I like it.
0: <laughs> All right. I,
2: so, so, what is what is that supposed to mean, though? Does this supposed to mean that he did that on set or something? And my, I'm
1: assuming he just did it on set.
0: My my guess. It? My guess would be, you know, Hurley had a podcast. Uh-huh. Um, my guess would be that this was taken from a story he told on the podcast I could be wrong but um, I used to listen to this podcast I think with his girlfriend at the time and I bet that was just a story that he told that, yeah, probably that something, right. something he did and then they worked into the show would be my guess
1: yeah either that or a lot of these guys they used they used they use stunt doubles he probably just actually did it himself <laughs> instead of using a stunt double
2: it's a pretty epic uh, cannonball.
1: That's it's pretty sure. awesome.
0: I do always think when I'm watching this show, though, that for as much time as they spend on the beach, they don't really do a lot of swimming, you know? I guess maybe they're all still traumatized from the uh, the Joanna incident in season yeah. one. But but uh, you'd think they'd be out swimming a little bit more. I know I would if I was stuck on a beach with nothing else to do.
1: Well, let's go for a swim today. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, we have been on this island now, the start of season four, for 91 days. Uh, previously on Lost, on a video screen in Looking Glass, Charlie speaks to Penny, who is informed about the freighter in Naomi, but Penny, quite confused, says she's not on a boat and asks, who is Naomi? Which brings us to the next screen, where Locke kills Naomi, just as she <laughs> receives a signal on the satellite phone. Mikhail detonates a grenade inside Charlie's por- uh, porthole, Charlie closes and locks the communications room watertight door as Desmond runs up briefly and sees Penny's face on the monitor. Water pours into the apartment where Charlie is now confined. Although Ben highly advises against it, Jack calls Minkowski on from the freighter on the satellite phone and receives news that they are on their way to the island. Um.
2: Well, so as we- one thing in there as we'll learn in this episode, he kind of kills her. He delayed, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she's alive a little bit longer.
1: Right. Well, we, we think in the previous one loss, she's, she's yeah. dead. Um, all right. So, uh, before we got to get into this, for those who have never seen loss, or you actually have seen loss, remember that at the start of season four, we do not have flashbacks anymore. Uh, we have flash fours now. So, what you're going to see, well...
2: And, I mean, also remember, this is a spoiler podcast, so... Right, so... You should probably not be listening if if you haven't seen all the show.
1: And the flash-forwards are only dealing with the Oceanic Six uh that are off island that got off the island. We know that they'll get off the island later in the of the season. Um but these ones uh so that's what who the flash forwards are gonna deal with. So we're gonna talk about the flash forward storyline and we'll talk about what's going on on the island still everybody's there. So let's what do y'all want to start? Y'all want to start the Flash Forwards or you want to start with the on the island story?
0: Uh, I I think since the uh the episode started with Flash Forward, I think we ought to probably start yeah. where start where the episode started. I
1: um,
0: agree. And I mean, I know looking back, this is always probably my least favorite of the season premieres. Mm. And I think it was because of the way it started. And um I mean I, I think you guys both seem to seem to like it. And in, in retrospect now watching it again, I, I do like it. But I think because the the last few seasons had been had started so great, you know, the that de- you know, obviously the pilot and then the Desmond scene in the hatch and then um uh, Juliet with the other to me this was a little bit of a letdown how it started. And it, you know, that that's always the impression I had of this and I feel like knowing the whole story and watching it back now I like it a little better than I did at the time. But this was I always felt like this was the weakest of the season premieres.
1: I think it may have been one of the weakest ones, but I, to me, it was one of the most intriguing ones, because you don't know who's in the Camaro, and then when you do see who's in the Camaro, you, you you see him you see him get out and turn around, and then he's just screaming, I'm one of the Oceanic Six, so now your mind's like, wait a minute, what does he mean, Oceanic Six? Your, your, your <laughs> mind is kind of like, okay, what happened, and why, how did Hurley get off the island? So it may not be.
0: Yeah, so I, well, I think it, scripted, I think it really, it was- I think it really works. But I think I was expecting an eye. You know, we always have the eye opening. This one didn't have the eye opening. It just had the the fruit stand, and I think that's that's why I and I love Hurley. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure why I always had a, a bad impression of this. And I, I think watching it now, I have a higher opinion of it than I used to. Because it really was a good, interesting episode, but I just I, the fact that it didn't start with an eye opening always bugged me.
2: Now, I uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand that it like it doesn't have kind of like the fireworks of some of the other premieres, but in my opinion, this ranks up there. And you'll hear this a lot because I left season four, but it ranks up there uh, as one of my favorite premieres of all. Of like, I would put it ahead of season six, ahead of uh season 5 ahead of season um 3 maybe season 1 and season 2 have a better premiere i'm not sure yeah. definitely season 1 season 2 at a you know live together to, or not live together uh, man of science man of faith that one's close um but it's also it is different like there's you could say not a lot happens in this episode like there's not a lot of plot necessarily it's just kind of people moving around but, but it's
1: a lot of intrigue
2: but there's a lot of intrigue and there's a lot of emotion to it. I mean, like if you want to cry, you know, there's like <laughs> three or four different times where you might cry in this episode yeah. and uh, it gets me, gets my eyes watering for sure. Um, and Hurley, it was kind of like a change of pace as far as a premiere. Premieres seem like they're always Jack or, you know, at least not Jack, but like centric to kind of like the action elements of the show and Hurley you know, often considered more of a comic relief character is getting this premiere part, time yeah. slot, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, supreme position. I thought was such a cool, like little, um, you know, going against the expectations.
1: I agree. I, um, it was, it was nice to, it, by the way, this was also one of the first, um, premieres that you don't, um, uh you don't get the eye opening
2: yeah i mean i forgot about that but and it's, uh, some of the premieres are two-parters am i right i'm not sure i can't remember
1: but yeah uh i mean i of course i didn't write any notes but i'm generally kind of the same on <laughs> same lines <laughs> that you guys got uh can we talk about randy being involved in the background there uh, what, what did y'all think of Randy making an appearance again? Come on! Wait, where
0: is Randy? It, um, he's videotaping in the background. It's it's really that, we, I think it's kind I didn't of even weird. Like it, that. it doesn't make sense, like why he would be there because we know he's gotten demoted from the he at some point you know got demoted from the chicken factory. I, he worked for Lock or for Hurley at one point, um, but. Like, they didn't really explain what he was doing here in the background. I mean, he obviously gets... He's a part of a lot of Hurley stories, but this just happened to be where Hurley crashed his car, and Randy Nations just happened to be there videotaping. It really... I I don't think they gave us an explanation for it.
1: So, so... I
2: never even noticed that.
1: So, we know he was... So, did he work with Hurley first, or Locke first?
0: I... The timeline gets a little fuzzy, but I think Hurley was first because he was working with Locke at the box company right before Locke went to the island mm-hmm. because he was the one who was giving him a hard time about his walkabout. So I That's think what the, I think, too. Yeah, I yep. think the Chicken Shack was first, yeah. and then the box company. I feel like at some point Hurley owned the box company, and then I, I we learned that he had something to do with him getting hired there do we i think we may see that in season five or six there's some connection there but it's still i don't know like where he wrecked I, I, it just doesn't make sense that he would be there videotaping
1: yeah it depends what he was i mean I'm, I, I i sent a picture
2: a yeah i ago. see it i pulled it up um yeah is just so random i think uh i mean it's it's that's like a total easter egg in my opinion it's like so <laughs> quick that majority of people don't i mean like i've watched this episode how many times and i never noticed that <laughs> it makes me feel like i wasn't paying that close of attention but
1: um, yeah i um yeah I, I never noticed it either until i until i read that i'm like oh really i think
2: it's a fun little easter egg to show lost fans like okay now this now randy uh you know is uh an employee at the circuit house is what the business is he's really um bounced around in his career. I okay. guess it kind of shows Randy really not that good of a guy. He somehow gets into these positions as a supervisor and uh the turnover is uh is is pretty fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, sir, Circuit House is uh sorry work. Circuit House. That circuit is so funny. City. <laughs> <laughs> And it, 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 here's the funny thing. If you look at Circuit House, oh, never mind, it's also right next door to um, a window frame place. Anyways, I was looking at pictures of, <laughs> well, of, the, of the Camaro flying in the air.
2: What, what I was going to say, kind of like going with this Randy thing, is what I love about this opening is how quickly it gets you really thinking and going, what the heck is happening? Between, like, you know, they do the little misdirection, and then you get the car, and you get the this, this stuff happening. And then you cut to Jack, which I think one of the things I really love about the flash forwards that I think helps them tell a better story is that you don't, you don't have to, they don't always stick with the centric character. You can go show a scene of Jack. You can show it, you know, they're usually related, but they can move other characters um, forward at the same time. Like we get a lot of Jack in other people's flashbacks, Hurley's then Kate's later and, and, and so on and so forth. But, um, Flash forwards, I mean. Um, but I always think this is kind of like a classic interesting spot to put Jack. We Last we saw him with the full beard and the drug addiction and, you know, the alcoholism. Here, he's pretty put together, but he is mixing a screwdriver, like, presumably pretty early in the morning um, <laughs> for his day. Um, so, you know, like some of the, you know, stuff is, is starting to bubble, even though he <laughs> he's, keeps it together, um, pretty much all of this episode, yeah. uh, in the flash forward. And then, uh, you know, getting to Curly, you know, starting to run away. I wanted the oceanic sex. I wanted the ocean, which is what my brother was yelling at me from the other uh, side <laughs> of the door here, <laughs>
1: which we still have no idea why he said that either. Which is yeah, which and just I, been interesting. I mean, I
2: always thought the Oceanic Six kind of like mystery was like I didn't it is not as exciting as maybe they hyped it up to be. I'll be I'll, I'll admit that because like okay, yeah, we'll eventually figure out who the people are. Like it's not that big of a deal, um, and it can It really is like the Oceanic Five, you know? Right? <laughs> You're like oh, Aaron counts, right? Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Does he? No. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I do agree. I think going back and watching this again, I think that's what I did like about it is that they did do a pretty good job of kind of teasing out the season. You know, obviously, yeah, we see where Jack ends up, but we get a lot of teases to that in this episode, you know, the the when he mentions later, you know, I'm thinking of growing a beard. You'd look weird with a beard. You know, like you get a lot of that, and obviously the oceanic six stuff. Um, you know, makes you, makes you think. So I do think they, they kind of teased the, the whole flash forward story pretty well in this episode. So I, I give them a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And
2: then, I mean, what, what, uh, I will admit, I took very well, little notes, basically. Well, um, <laughs> well, um what else but, we have in here the,
0: I, I think for after the, obviously the first scene, then we get the interrogation with uh, Anna Lucia's old partner. Um, I forget his name. Abraham but,
2: uh, from Walking Dead. That's yes, Abraham yes. Abraham. Michael. Walking is Dead. it Michael?
0: Yeah, I forget what yeah, it is. should that sounds yeah. Real. But um, so you know, it's good to see him again. I I think you know, there might have been a little bit of, of fan service there. I mean, I think people always kind of wondered, hey, was there something between this guy and Anna Lucia? I think you know that could have been. Yeah, obviously they kind of show that he, you know, called her beautiful or whatever, you know, whatever he complimented her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think people had always kind of wondered, hey, was there was there something romantic there between those two? Yeah. Um it, it it was a you know, a touching scene there where obviously Hurley knows what happens to Anna Lucia, feels horrible about what happened to Anna Lucia, because obviously that was at the same time that his girlfriend was killed. Um, and he, you know, he wasn't able to, to tell the truth about it. So you could tell that was really bothering him. Um, you know, kind of definitely, it's just, you know, a small world kind of thing when he found that out. And I'm sure he would have liked to have, you know, at least given the guy a little clarity, you know, what happened to her, but, you know, he wasn't able to, because for whatever reason, we don't know yet why he's not able to, but obviously there's yeah. something there's they're teasing there's something they're keeping something secret for some reason
1: they tease us this
2: and it's and it's interesting you know we'll get more answers um by the end of the season but also this episode kind of pairs with isn't the the there's the other hurley episode the lie right in season 5 i think it's like the second episode or something it's it's kind of interesting like thinking about the, i always think about those two episodes together almost in a way because you're wondering why is he lying and then you know we're going to eventually figure out more about the lie and how it really affected them and clearly hurley i mean a lot of what is happening here is is a, a result of the line um and and uh, the people who have died and and other and the people who are still alive
1: so why do you think he was so in a hurry to get out of there and be um, taken to the, um, psychiatric hospital because, because remember Mike, uh, Mike walked back in after Charlie's like, I'm oh, not Charlie, but, um, Hurley's like freaking out. Cause he saw Charlie in the window and he says, and he says, I- I- if you know, if you don't behave, you know, I can throw you in a nut house. And that can be arranged right now. Hurley says you can. and He hugs him. He says, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. is, it, is it, is it cause he thought if he can get medication where he goes, that he would, um, that would help ease him and calm him? Or do you think it's, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe that's his safe space. Well, I
2: think, I think he, he, sees, uh, that's what happened is he saw Charlie. I mean, I don't know. Right. It's not. Yeah. He, uh, they reveal it at the end of the episode. Right. Um, yeah. Um yeah. That's,
0: that's why he ran out of the convenience store. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so that drove him crazy. And I think, For him, it's like he can't really talk about what's happening. Charlie seemingly is trying to talk to him about, you know, like going back to the island, his destiny, like all this stuff. It's confusing, like where this falls in the timeline of when Locke has visited. I don't think Locke has visited Charlie. I mean, not Charlie, uh, Hurley. And I don't think he started visiting people yet. But... You know, there's already this kind of like, you know, thing going on that they're being nudged back to the island. Um, right. And clearly, you know, that's what Hurley brings up at the end of the episode. And it's what's kind of this interesting through line of the the flash forward uh, flash forwards this season. OK.
0: I do think there's a little bit of what you said, though, about just feeling comfortable or feeling at home, like he's been in this mental institution before I think multiple times. And I think he does not really mind it, you know, like he gets to play a safe a ga- space for him. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's safe. He gets to, you know, play games and get medication and, you know, not have to worry about, you know, people talking to him, whether he's having dreams, you know, I guess until maybe, you know, he starts getting invaded here at, at the, uh, mental institution as well. So I I know I really enjoy the character of Abaddon, Matthew Abaddon, and this is the first we see of him. And I mean, I love this scene. I I love the actor and I really liked what he brought to this show. There's something just mysterious about him and his delivery. And I, I always found him fascinating. So I love, I love bringing him into the story here. Um, you know, he, he starts off, you know, real friendly and you're, you're, you know, you're wondering who this guy is. And then you slowly start to learn. He knows more than, you know, that more than he's letting on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: He is certainly, uh, an interesting, uh, mystery. Another part of the fold. So, yeah, he's like this, his first appearance You know, pretty creepy, this whole situation. And and Charlie, I mean, I keep saying Charlie instead of Hurley. Hurley's reaction, like, (laughs) this guy's trying to hurt me or whatever. (laughs) Good on him on asking for a business card. He could sense, (laughs) you know, Spidey senses went off there. Something is afoot. Didn't Um, didn't
0: need a business card. I got to wonder about the security at this uh, mental institution, though. That guy just kind of slipped in and out of here pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah.
1: the the only the only time I remember this guy look and I'll and I'll say it so I I I remember him from this role as uh, Lance Reddick as Abaddon but he I know him more from um uh, no John Wick because he, oh. he 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 plays a hotel um uh desk clerk at on 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 John Wick.
2: He's just I, got such a good delivery on his lines. Yes, he just makes everything sound interesting. Yes, yeah,
0: I, I would say possibly my second favorite show behind Lost is Fringe.
1: Yeah, he,
0: he was I a main. Saw it. He was a main character on there, and ma- he was great in that show too. Um, is, it, yeah, yeah. is it worth the watch? Yes. yes, I feel like it is. It was. it's J.J. Abrams. It's if you like Lost, that feel like. It's different, but it's you know it's got a lot of the same mystery elements I can
2: verify, to it. I mean, it's not as good as Lost, but I can verify. I started to rewatch it uh, a few months ago. I didn't end up like going through all of it because I went to some because so many new things are coming out. But I was pleasantly, you know, I don't want to say I was surprised, but I was I was happy to to say that it it totally held up. Like I thought maybe some of it wouldn't hold up with some of the you know there's. You know, some special effects and stuff that uh, with the sci-fi stuff that may have been, you know, aged poorly. But no, it, it all was great. And uh, the characters are awesome. So it's got its own it's got its own vibe. If you watch it, you'll understand. OK, it's a special. I'll give, I'll give it a shot. But I feel like he um, as an actor, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like his little role in Lost kind of helped set him up for that. And I, I want to say it must have helped a little bit yes. in the casting process because he's got that same mysterious vibe in that show. Now, he's more of a, you know, he, he's more of a good, you know, I guess a good guy in that show, but he starts off very mysterious. Um, so.
1: It's almost funny that your creators had two characters now who are kind of like the mysterious figures. You had Matthew Abaddon and then you had Richard Albert. Who you're seeing? You're you're seeing very little of these two. Yeah, but you're seeing just enough.
2: That's a really good comparison. I never thought of it that way, but it's very true. Um, but Richard, we know will become. You know, he'll get eventually get his, uh, um, you know, full on cast. You know, star or whatever, whatever they call it. You know, starring credit in it. So yeah, work his way up there. So, I mean, what's the last portion? There's two more scenes we got to talk about with the flash forward. Uh, When Charlie comes to visit, which is a super interesting scene, especially once we know, like, knowing what we do from season five and six, it changes a lot in the scene. But uh, you get the guy who's like, hey, that guy's staring at you or whatever. And Charlie walks up. Now, i got to say right away, we know now that that guy couldn't see Charlie. He must have been talking about someone else back there. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was talking about like the guy in the robe. That's
1: I mean, Hurley, 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 you know, envisioned Dave on the island. Just saying.
2: But no, that's what I'm saying is, is the Hurley could see him. But the the other uh, patient, you know, says, hey, that guy's looking at you and he points in Charlie's direction. I don't think he actually could see Charlie is my opinion. Mm. I think uh because Charlie it's kind of like you know he talks to a bunch of other dead people, and they're always invisible, you know they only he sees them hmm.
0: um, well i I feel like also the uh the slap i you know, I don't think we ever got the the slap explained um, you know the I feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions from this scene,
1: it's because it was the man in black.
0: Well, no, he can't be off the island. can he not be off the island? No, I mean, wh- I mean what do, think what he do he we can think still of this?
2: Slap him. I think he, they can interact. I know. But I think he's just like they're like kind of like ghosts or invisible or something like
0: that, you know. It, I mean, are are we take it, are we taking Charlie at his word here that, you know, that this is really ghost Charlie? You know, he's dead, but he's also there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's that's pretty consistent with all of the other people yeah. that visit him.
1: And that and and that seems he plays pretty chess consistent with Mister Echo. That's true.
2: I like to know who wins.
0: Does Mister Echo move his pieces? I'm trying to think. That,
2: that's what I'm wondering. Uh, I would say probably that he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, the, to me, this slap has always been fascinating. It's like how did how did that happen? <laughs>
2: Um, mm. I mean, I, I like the explanation, which is like a half explanation that, you know, he's, um, he's there, but he's not there. He's, you know, he's, this is, um, Hurley has this ability to kind of speak to people as, you know, he sees dead people. Um, but I mean, without getting too much into the nitty gritty of all that, cause I think could, we could talk a lot about that. I'd say. The scene is, again, really emotional, in my opinion, like there's a lot of stuff about Charlie's death and like in the actual. Um, run time of the episode, this is like after Charlie, I mean, if you're watching the episode, this scene was after Charlie had already talked to Claire and you know, other things that it, we're going it, to
0: it was or, actually it was actually no, right, right in the middle of the scene. I, I, That's I thought right. the, I thought the mm-hmm. timing was great, too, because yeah, it's in the middle. We see Hurley, you know, break the news to Claire. Then we cut to here where he is interacting with Charlie, and then we cut back and see the rest of the conversation between um, Hurley and Claire. So I I thought the timing of the scene was very well done. The editing, and I just I think that the whoa,
2: I knocked over something. The flash forward stuff, like the scenes are so much more interesting than a lot of the flashbacks had become. Like because they have direct effect on stuff i mean you, you got other characters in there that are really important um and it and it's related to what's happening in a way uh but but yeah i thought it, you know you don't get a whole lot from like charlie doesn't give a whole lot of specific things away but he makes it seem like he's trying to get hurley to go back to the island and hurley is you know either in denial or he's just trying not, he doesn't want to hear it. And he, uh, you know, counts to five and makes him disappear, I guess, or something. But very cool, I, I weird think, scene. For I sure. think,
1: I think the flash forwards set up season five more than season four, that they're, that they're, what they're trying, I think what they're trying to do, cause if they, it's not that they don't have enough, um, story to tell on Island, I think they could tell enough story on Island as well. Um, but at the same time, I think they, they had a definitive time. Because remember last uh, – not last time we recorded, but when we talked about season three, there was one episode in season three we had talked about that right after this one aired. They got the, hey, you have this long uh, of your show left. And, um, because of that, they knew when they had to end. So maybe this was getting them set up for the next season for season five.
0: Oh yeah. To that
1: point. So that's why I think they were more interesting to me than the flashbacks because the flashbacks don't really, they don't really tell a story. They just, um, they kind of set up the story for, for the future. Cause the, 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 the flashbacks, oh, I'm sorry, not the flashbacks. Um, the flash forwards set the future story up, but the flashbacks just fill in gaps as to why a person is the way they are from the past and why they are the way they are on the island. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. I, um, I think the flash forwards are, are definitely a nice nice change of pace, and they do a good job with this Hurley one. Yes. Um. Uh, I'd say, like, let's maybe let's talk about the last... Um, last scene which is which is pretty interesting jack um jack goes to visit hurley and he talks um they shoot some hoops they play horse and they talk about um you know hurley's outburst and stuff it's like basically jack is like checking in to make sure he's cool like you know dude are you gonna tell the world that we're all lying like what's going on here um but i think he also genuinely wants to check in on him and then it's interesting, you know, Hurley apologizes for, um, you know, what we're going to talk about in the other part of the episode. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting kind of like end the episode. Hurley is money um, as far as his
0: shooting.
2: <laughs> that was on fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jack, yeah. Jack Jack can hit a golf ball pretty well, but he's not much of a shot. No. Yeah. He, he's better on the links than, than the hoops.
2: Hurley was clearly practicing a lot
0: so
1: <laughs> well, let's go yeah. back to the island then
2: yeah, I think that's a good idea
1: so
0: um where does it start again hey, the island part of the story? I kind of enjoyed the fact that they they really picked up exactly where the last season left off it was yeah Hurley making the phone call to Jack and basically the events of season three had just happened and it starts off with Jack telling Hurley you know hey we got a hold of them we're they're coming to rescue us so I love how it really just jumped right back into where we left them
1: i I agree I think that's I I know certain places like this um or or certain shows like doing this but I really do not like a unless it's like um, worth it in the plot I don't like when store next seasons like time jump like six months one year two years down the road I think that's I think it has its place but I also think it's very lazy storytelling
2: oh, I mean the, yeah and they used to all do that they would jump they go it, all the characters in most shows would be like hey how was your summer in the first episode oh I did this this summer and it's just so awkward. <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know, uh, Yeah. I also will say while on there on the island that the, 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 the we had a special guest star. Um a special guest star um on this week's episode and I was so glad he made an appearance again. Actually he's made a couple of appearances in in the show. Um and that would be the Dharma van.
0: And uh, <laughs> so the Dharma I was van. i trying man. to think who the heck is he talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, the Dharma van. We 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 get a lovely Dharma van where, where Hurley gets the radio Jack again, and and um, and uh, Jack says, of course, you know, like we said, that, 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 hey, we, we got to hold the fleet, the 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 boat. Uh, people's coming. <laughs> I love the way that Jack looks over at Ben. By the way. And kind of gives him a nice little wink. Like, yeah, eat it, son. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. And uh, then we kind of have this morbid scene. So I'm kind of following the episode summary a little bit. as And I'm remembering it, too.
0: Well, real quick from this first part, before we move on to that, I want to bring up one of my favorite conversations was when the the ladies were um, talking about their men and uh and old rose (laughs) when uh you know rose Rose says charlie charlie everybody knows charlie was the real hero and claire better treat him real good and (laughs) that was it's just hilarious coming from rose i don't know why just uh (laughs) she's she's a little dirty (laughs) and and claire kind of calls her out on the rose (laughs) but uh yeah yeah. that, that was a great a great scene there um and also, at this point, we have uh, Ben telling Alex, or Ben telling uh, Rousseau, to uh, take Alex and get out of there. Um, and then, just really one of the uh, one of the ballsiest comments I've ever heard was when he when he said, "I'm not going to let my daughter." You know, be here, and he says that to the woman that he stole her, his daughter from, and obviously she punches him right in the face as well. As she should, but I mean, that really takes some nerve there to say, <laughs> "to to say I'm not going to let yeah. my daughter be harmed." To his actual mo- to her actual mother, I was like, that was that was just next level from Ben.
2: Yeah, talk about dysfunctional parents. I mean, <laughs> well, are they really?
1: <laughs> uh, so I will say that. The moment, as a viewer, you should realize that Ben was telling the truth, and not the people on the freighter, was the moment Ben looked at Rousseau and said, "Take, take my dog. Don't worry about me. Just get, just, 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 just get Alex out of here." The moment he was not thinking about himself, and he thought about Alex, especially after everything she, that that she had put him through, was the moment as a viewer you should have thought, uh, maybe he's onto something then we're not we're just not picking up on it like that to me was the mold that at least in my mind
2: that's a good point and i mean it's hard to take anything ben does um you know like like he's always has you know a plan within the plan um but uh i do think he actually wanted uh alex to get out of there <laughs> yeah he is actually afraid of the people in the freighter and rightfully so. I mean, we're going to meet Kimi, um, you know, eventually. Uh, and, uh, the, the, the oh, good old, you know, good
1: old, good old Kimi.
2: The uh, let's just say there's a rocket launch launcher that eventually <laughs> comes <laughs> forth. Um, Back yeah, on. I mean, there's, there's Go always, ahead. I like, I mean, I like how the season picks up here and we're kind of, we, everybody's in these little groups here and, and, uh, It's just it's just tense from the beginning. And but you do get this like little period of time where it's just happy, which you know that this episode is going to be rough on Hurley. If you know this, if you've already seen it. But when you when you get this little chunk at the beginning where it's like, hey, we did it. We won. We we're going to get rescued. Hooray. And it's, it's enjoyable that little, you know, whatever, it's five minutes where people are all just happy and, and, and rejoicing. And that's when Hurley does, you know, his cannonball. He's like, and, you know, everybody's kind of reunited except for Desmond, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the beach people, not, the, you know, they're still in two separate groups, but they're all together they're at the beach. And then what does he say to uh, Bernard? Like, I think I want to do a cannonball. You do a cannonball, and you just—it's an <laughs> right. epic cannonball.
0: That I would say that's one—that's one of the more epic scenes in law. I—I I always remember that scene. That one always sticks with me. Yeah, you want a cannonball? Cannonball! You know, it—it it, it was such a triumphant, great scene. And I did forget that that was immediately followed by him finding out what happened to Charlie. And oh man, oh, that—that is—it's just the gut punch of gut punches. To go from how happy he was to that. And oh, it was brutal. Yeah.
1: And he finds out from Desmond, of course. And um, by the way, Lost was really good at at, um, pulling your emotions along and making you feel one way and um, then immediately like flipping it on its head in, in the next second. The only show that I could think of right now. That would come close to doing the way Lost did that, like you said, her, there's a moment of, 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 ex, uh, of excitedness and happiness and then automatically like flips because we get that again later on with Rose and and like you said, Claire, there's an excitement. Everybody's getting rescued. And then when everybody starts to show up, you get the gut punch moment of Char- of Harley starting to cry, going up to Claire and telling him that. So you have this moment of excitement and then a moment of sadness. The only show to me that's ever come close to that in my life that I've seen lately has been Stranger Things, where you just you, you the <laughs> the way the way they they write that show, you, I mean you are dead set on one kind of emotion, and then it's just up and down. And, I mean they just ring you along. It's good. That's good. A good TV show will tear at your emotions.
0: As funny, As you were saying that, that was that was my guess of. What TV show you might be talking about, too. Yeah, I, I could. I agree. that. Yeah, me too. I, I feel like that one may be even, there, there may be less hot, you know, happy, fun moments <laughs> in that. At least this last season was pretty brutal. But yeah, no, I see what you're saying. They definitely can. Uh, I always kind of enjoy the first episode of Stranger Things when everyone's happy before, you know, or fairly happy before everything goes to. <laughs> Goes to heck because you know it's going to. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, um. on the beach, of course, Desmond tells them that that the ship isn't what it's supposed to be. They're not, you know, they're not, um, they're not who they say they are. Um, so they would have taught they, they want to call Walkie Jack and tell them, but they won't do it. Be why? Because the ship is watching communications. Um, so they need to be careful what they say. And then Hurley just. He grabs grabs the walk He just chunks it into the ocean man
0: I I love take charge Hurley And you can tell That you know He's he's hell bent On listening to Charlie You know that was Charlie's last thing To do was to you know say These people aren't who they said they were So he's going to do whatever it takes To to honor Charlie's You know last message And Mm -hmm. yeah I, I love it It's Poor Sawyer, he he doesn't know what to do.
1: But that's true. Sawyer just dang Hurley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna do? You guess, I guess I'm going along with with Hurley. That's
1: right. What what
2: does he say? He said, "Here, I thought I was gonna good get a <laughs> finally get a good night's sleep." He, yeah, right. Sawyer was all <laughs> excited for the helicopter to come and. Sawyer really has some good one liners um yeah, <laughs> this season, I mean stuff gets really go 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 for a while um it's great, Wait. so yeah well, um keep keep going where do we where do we go to next so
1: we kind of go back to the radio tower now with Jack and the rest of the group, and um, Jack and Kate are discussing, you know, getting oh. getting rescued. And then Jack says, if he ever <laughs> sees Locke again, he's going to stabby stabby him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
0: but but we we get also where uh, Kate correctly uh, surmises that you know there's two trails, so you know Ma- Naomi may have created the fake trail, and Jack yet again does not listen to her and. <laughs> I I I love Ben the prisoner. Ben Ben does such a good job gaining the upper hand when he is a uh, captive. He, yes. he, he's so good at it. And you just you see him see Kate doing something that he's not gonna reveal. We don't know what it is until later, but man, he is just so good when he is in these bad situations. But obviously, uh they went one way, Kate. Kate went the other, and Kate was correct. Um, so we, uh, you know, Ben then tell, tells Jack. I, I thought it was just great. Like at least someone here knows what they're doing <laughs> about Kate, and yeah. obviously, obviously, uh, Jack, I don't think appreciated that very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, and
0: then I mean, this, in my
2: opinion, this portion of the episode—I mean, this stuff with Naomi and tracking her down—I think is kind of like the weakest part of the episode. I agree. So it's, there's nothing like, there's nothing inherently like bad about it, but it's just like not quite as interesting um, as the other stuff that's happening. But they, uh, I mean, do we just talk about Naomi's fate now? I guess. Um, yeah. They do eventually find her and Russo's involved? It's kind of nice. Um, um, or I mean, Kate finds it. They they find the the end of the 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 dummy trail, and then. Uh, ben, you know, says, "Oh, well, yeah, I could have told you, but uh, she took the phone."
1: <laughs> well, well, it was one of those things because remember they had they had asked they were having trouble getting to getting their position, so they called and asked, and then they end up having to lie, like, "Oh, she's gathering getting... wood." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the moment. So, yeah, and then they do yeah. do find her, um, and then Jack says that nobody is it... injured, and and blah blah.
0: And and then Naomi. Uh, covers for them as as Ben will later or as she will later say, where saying oh you know tell my sister I love her where I think we're gonna find out later that uh, tell tell my sister I love her wasn't necessarily covering from them like she uh, like she tells yeah. Kate she's doing.
2: It seems to mean like hey I've got a gun pointed at me like you know,
0: <laughs> um,
2: but Kate thinks that you know that it worked that she covered for them phone is all fixed and you know seemingly you know it's going to be happy ending you know now because like you know, there was that moment where it was like rose it's like you know why are you so worried jack or whatever
0: um, we, we do get one one fun thing i i do enjoy is that uh you know when a season ends and starts sometimes we we do some casting that hadn't been done the previous season so i love how minkowski is now Fisher Stevens, you know, we 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 have a Minkowski instead of whatever generic voice was Minkowski yeah. last yes last season. So, was, it's kind of like how that the original picture of Penny wasn't Penny until they casted Penny. <laughs> I love we get a new a new Minkowski and yeah, I, I enjoy great. that I enjoy that actor. So I'm I'm glad they got him.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's good. Also, uh, recently been a pretty. You know, not huge, but a good role in uh, Succession, if you watch that. He's pretty good in that. Um, but anyways, um, so, I mean, let's talk about the Hurley stuff. I think the one of the biggest weird, like, WTF moments of this episode is the cabin stuff. Yes. Um, you know, they're going through the jungle, blah, blah, blah. Like, Hurley's on a mission. Her, uh, Sawyer's, you know, chatting with him a little bit. Uh, None of that is all that important, but what's important is that Hurley does get a little, you know, sidetracked or whatever, and the cabin is suddenly in front of him. I mean, how crazy was this when we first saw it? You're like, what? And, And I love that this season immediately is like hey hey we didn't forget about this mystery like we're gonna we're gonna follow up with some of this stuff we're not gonna give you an answer per se uh <laughs> might make it more confusing by making the cabin seemingly uh teleport but uh we know that this is you know something that you guys are uh, interested in so cool yeah. that
1: it's right there in this episode it um, is it's the cabin's starting to play a bigger role um and then it had in previous seasons and um the fact that hurley can or that hurley can see it um is really impressive i think to Locke, and that um so
2: great intro of Locke into the season of
1: hurley um, yes
2: <laughs> running from the cabin and then Locke standing over him with the with the uh torch i laughed out loud when that happened it's that's funny
1: because you had no idea who it was gonna be (laughs) and the fact that was Locke. was like okay okay at least it's not somebody else we don't want (laughs) so um so uh harley and Locke go off together they 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 meet up with saeed desmond sawyer that whole crew um and then of course saeed questions about the submarine and then just as Locke's gonna say something start to hear noises and they realize that the group from the radio tower has arrived. And people are well, hugging, everyone's excited.
2: Yeah, But going, <laughs> I just want to say like this the the way they set up the scene like I, is it just me um, I don't know if they upped their game or what it is but like visually um, this season looks so great, but this episode in particular in the scene that you're talking about at the at the cockpit is so cool looking. And they have these like maybe it's because they have a lot of high overhead shots and they don't do that all that often. Mm-hmm. But they give you this really cool. I like that you can visually see, like you can see the group kind of one way and Locke is a little bit off to his side. And and um and then you start to see that transform throughout the scene but uh i to say i think the main the one thing i wanted to really talk about before we get too deep in that is jack tackling Locke, <laughs> grabbing the gun cocking it and pulling the trigger i mean how crazy is this right mm-hmm. This is yeah. one of the most like this is your hero of the show he's gonna shoot a man in cold blood i mean it, it's one of those things where if you're not paying close attention, you may kind of miss, like, what happened there. Uh, like, oh, the gun, like, there was a... Cl- and, like, no, like, he was going to shoot him in the head. Like, it's insane. It's really insane, right. actually.
1: Yeah, I was... I forgot that he actually pulled that trigger. Like, I, I, I knew he had taken it, and, and but I forgot that he pulled that trigger, man. And... Um, yeah this this is
0: this is your your big hero of your show you know yeah basically trying to murder one of the other main characters of the show yeah that's pretty big uh Pretty big thing, and uh, I think Locke was even a little, you know, a little surprised. <laughs> I love that it's not loaded. Well, but. it was just
1: Locke, but but the faces on a lot of the other people were like, "Oh, oh. he really just did that." <laughs> and I think that's why when we when this group splits up here in a second, um, and Locke says, "Hey, I'm going back to the barracks, and come with me," um, and um, you know, if you want to live, that's why you start seeing people. That, 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 I think that's why you see the big split. I don't think it's just because they fact that they think this is, this was right, this was wrong, but they realized, okay, Jack just tried to kill Locke. So I'm going with Locke right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, so Locke, you know, showed that he's crazy in a way in, in, you know, murdering Naomi. And then Jack is showing, you know, that he's not that stable. Now, arguably, Jack is still more, and even as a Locke fan, I'll say Jack is is more trustworthy overall than than Locke. Uh, but, but yeah, and really the kicker, because I don't think I don't think anybody would have gone with Locke if it weren't for Hurley. And uh, uh, I mean, maybe a couple of people, but Hurley vouches for Jack for for Locke and says, "Hey, like this is what Charlie said in his dying." Um you know, his dying words. Um, And um, I mean, it's like to me, like these two scenes, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier, but when he tells Claire that Charlie's dead, which is like such a kind of like, he's just like stepping up to the plate as like, you know, like I'll, I'll do it, you know, and just says it right away. And, and that, and then with his speech here, like, man, if you're gonna cry if you're a crier. This is where you're just bawling your eyes out because yeah. of um, Hurley and his loss. You know, like that connection between him and Charlie for three seasons. For you know, from the very first episode, they were God. they had a connection. You know, joking around. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah the 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 scene where where Hurley told Claire that's got to be one of the most emotional, well acted scenes of the show. I mean. They was very heartbreaking. And, yeah, to have that immediately followed by Jack just, you know, punching Locke in the face and trying to kill it, it's just funny how it went from that to that so quickly. But yeah. I even enjoyed how the fact that the, this conversation between Hurley and Claire, you know, was timed up with, um, you know, the, again, the, what we saw in the flash forward where – you know, we do see Charlie again. I thought that that was a good choice. And then uh-huh. the fact that, that we follow this up uh, could be, yeah, basically Hurley is the reason that people go with Locke. And then we immediately see him apologizing for that. Yeah. You know, so we know this is what's happening now, but it's not we know that there's going to be repercussions to that. Because Hurley is apologizing for it right after. See, so, yeah, I think the editing of this whole sequence here was really good. And we this scene is so important to really the rest of the series. Because the decisions that they make here at this split up really affects what's going to happen. Um, and it, it's also funny to see. We know that Jack and Hurley are off the island. That's who we're seeing in the flash forward. But they're going two separate ways here. So as an audience, you're, you know, you're trying to figure out, hey, how did this happen? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So.
2: And, um, you know, it's just kind of like a, I guess I would say like a roll call. If you, if you're listening and you haven't actually watched the episode recently, but you've seen it before. So we get Hurley is the first person to go to lock and then Claire. And then I don't know the exact order, but you start to get Rousseau. Um, and Ben asks permission, you know, Alex goes, and then you start to get some random log carrying, um, you know, red shirt, uh, people who are going to, uh, all die, um, those folks. And then you get, um, Sawyer is kind of the, the final one. Um, what's interesting, notable, Saeed doesn't even, he doesn't move a muscle. He's just staring. Of course, Saeed is not even considering it, um, Bernard offers to go. Rose says, absolutely <laughs> not. Not with that psycho. Well, um,
0: Des- I, I, thought, I thought that was interesting, honestly. Why does Rose hate Locke Do you think it's just because she saw him throw the knife at Naomi? Because I feel like Rose and Locke I, had a pretty good bond up until I mean, I think now. it's that. I
2: think it's that they know he blew up the submarine. They, You know, I think she... And I think also Rose is, you know, she's good at reading people. And she does not trust... Lock, so
1: I think it's partly that too and then I, fa- I Think that part of their um, Dharma employee retirement Package required them to stay on the <laughs> island Still
2: But anyway, that's, well, yeah that's the point like, <laughs> if, they, if they wanted to stay That
1: they would go with But they had to live in their own cabin <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, And then one of the most Interesting ones that if You're not watching closely you may not See is Desmond you know, he's the one who earlier in the episode was saying like, hey, don't trust those people. And you could see a little bit of thought. Pro- you know, there's a little bit of you know him trying to decide um, um, because he he does think that the freighter people are, you know, you know, not totally trustworthy. But he definitely is not going to go with Locke. He's going to stay with the chance of getting off and trust Jack, which. So that's one of the interesting ones, because a lot of people will go, well, Desmond is the one who took the message and he doesn't go like, how does that make sense? But um, I I like that little moment as well, but it's good. um, I mean, I know we kind of have to wrap up here. uh, I I don't want to miss anything important. I think
1: um, the, the the only other thing that really happens um, in this episode is as Jack and Kate are looking in the plane um, and they think about where they started, you know, nine, you know, three months ago, um they start to hear, you know, uh uh
2: They think about Charlie, you know. Right, they right. think about
1: Charlie him. and yeah. then they hear a helicopter. And of course, Kate thinks it's thunder, but when they really realize it is a helicopter and sure enough something uh somebody drops down from the helicopter. And the only question we get is, are you Jack? Yeah. So, we get the introduction of Mr. Faraday. We'll find out later, good old Faraday.
2: Well, yeah, so it, it, good good ending there i mean it was cool having them be at the at the cockpit like where charlie had been i just wanted to say like they do a good job of having the show remember charlie but have it be interesting and part of the the um the story like it didn't like you know when sometimes when a major character gets killed off like the next episode is just like
0: the I'm characters do
2: nothing like they do nothing in the next episode yes and they like, go to a funeral and they whine and they're like well and like i understand like they want to like pay homage to the the actor you know the and the character that got killed off but like why do they have to make it extremely boring and and you know, like it happens on a lot of tv shows i thought this they do a great job of like paying homage to charlie and to Dominic Monaghan, without it being like this pandering, like, dumb you know, episode. It didn't feel like right. it was forced. It all felt earned to me, so. I agree. I like that. Okay, Harvey. so final, final ending discussion here. Um, what do we got? In Memoriam Naomi actually dies this time. Our <laughs> lovely Naomi, she finally <laughs> she never got to see her sister. Um, but you know, no, don't fret, because next episode we actually get to uh, learn more about her. So it's kind of interesting. Nice. Um, she finally so, died, getting firewood.
1: Are we sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, how are we rating this episode then?
2: Yeah, well, so we rate our episodes between uh, 1 and 23. Uh, it's our 23-point uh, rating system because of the numbers. And this episode will be rating between one and twenty-three exploding fruit stands. Um, that's a really good one. Um, all right, Mike, what do you got?
1: I'm gonna give this one. I thought it was. Um, I, I like this one not as much, maybe because of what what takes place in the episode, but because of the intrigue it sets up for the season. Because and when you when, you know when you watch it, you're kind of confused at first when you first view it. Um so I'm going to I like this one so I'm going to give it a 22 out of 23 exploding fruit stands. Nice. Nice. Uh Steven, what about you?
0: Yeah, I um I like this one more than I remembered liking it. Um I think I I thought I would have been a little lower on this one but yeah, I'm going to give this one 21 out of 23. I, I I it held up a lot better than I remembered it. So um, I liked it.
1: Nice.
2: Excellent. Um, And yeah, I'm pretty high up there too. I'm going 22 out of 23. Um, Yeah. I think really sets up the season. Well, Um, beautifully shot episode and yeah, emotional uh, waterworks, I think. Um, And uh, just good, good stuff. So uh, we all liked it. Um, Steven, you want to take it away through this other stuff?
0: All right. We got our unanswered questions. Uh, segment we don't have anything listed here I, I still think the the whole how did ghost charlie slap hurley i feel like there's got to be some unanswered questions in there but um yeah we talked about that already um sawyer's name dictionary um we didn't have anything listed i feel like he called her hurley ombre i don't know if that is actually a nickname, uh, a nickname I think he or
2: essay too? essay. Yeah.
0: Maybe it was essay. I was saying, yeah, he called it something, uh, <laughs> you know, something that was, you know, kind of, kind of racist as he often does to Hurley, but I don't know if that, if that counts, but I just think it's interesting. We're, uh, we didn't add a freckle and, um, I, I actually went back and watched it to make sure. And yeah, Sawyer, um, when he was leaving Kate, he called her Kate, which, He always knows something's up when when, uh, Sawyer calls her Kate instead of Freckles.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Um, Got some uh, pop culture connections. Uh, We got Sawyer uh, humorously calls Desmond Scotty when he first returns to the beach. That's a reference to uh, Star Trek and uh, the Scottish engineer Scotty. Beam me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got a, uh, a reference to the Bible from the name Matthew Abaddon. Abaddon is the name for the angel of the abyss in Revelations. Um, this angel does the work of God in binding Satan and hurling him into the abyss. Abaddon means destroyer or destruction in Hebrew. More precisely, this name comes from the Hebrew wor- wor- root word, Aleph Betelid. Um, yeah, maybe we should let Mike, Mike pronounce that better than me, but, and which means lost. So obviously as often they do, yes, I think so. they, I think they, uh, pick that name on purpose. Um, yeah. you, that, that's, that's, uh, not just coincidence there.
2: Oh yeah. yeah well, an interesting in, in Abaddon is a weird character. He's kind of like, is it Ben? And there's like, it's involvement with Ben and, um, um, what's his name? Um, Widmore, yeah. and you know it's kind of like yeah, does <laughs> the work of uh, yeah. This is interesting. That, that's that's a good little tidbit there. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Um, we also have the the game horse. Um, we have a very long description here, but I'm if not going to go if you don't know I, what horse is. Yeah, I feel wrong. like everybody everybody knows the game horse, which is what <laughs> Jack, Jack and Hurley were playing. Um, uh, we also have the ladybug As Abaddon sits in, at the chessboard When visiting Hurley um, A picture of a ladybug Is visible on the wall behind him In ancient times the ladybug Was symbolic of the Virgin Mary The red color being symbolic of Mary's robes And the ladybug's spot Signifying the seven sorrows Mary experienced The ladybug on the wall In the mental institution Makes a reappearance on the refrigerator In Jack and Kate's apartment In Something Nice Back Home that's nice. a fun little tidbit. I, I will say out of uh, over 12 years at Catholic school, I do not ever remember hearing any reference <laughs> to Ladybugs and the Virgin Mary. Me neither. It's on Lostpedia. It's got to be true.
1: So. That's right. If it's there, it's, 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 it's good. We're good. Oh, that's funny. Oh, all right. So next time we record, which is hopefully two weeks from mm-hmm. now, um, we are going to be recording the episode, season four, episode two, uh confirmed dead and uh we will finally confirm the fact that naomi actually is dead and (laughs) she will probably stay dead this time so uh looking forward to it though here in a couple weeks so thank you guys for staying with us thank you guys for bearing with us again if we're not back in a couple weeks just know that life got in the way as it does and, uh, but we, we cannot wait to get back to talk lost, um, with you all and, um, ever we can. So, all right. Anything else you want to say before we head out?
2: I'm one of the oceanic six. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Gotta go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. Take care and have a good one. Peace out.
0: Right. Bye guys. Have a good one.